and welcome back to They Made Another One? Where each week we study an often forgotten installment in a franchise and see how it holds up all on its own. I'm one of your hosts, Corey. And I'm your other host, Liam. And this week we are doing something that we don't do maybe as often as we should, which is follow the intro I just read pretty much exactly. This is debatably going to be one of the most forgotten installments in a franchise we'll cover on this show potentially ever i don't know how obscure are we going to get in the future i i who's to say but this is probably arguably the most we've gotten up to this point you think i think so i mean i think that's that's indicative of uh just how we watched it is indicative of that i mean Corey and i the only version either of us could find bootleg or otherwise uh was uh what looks to be a vhs rip um, maybe two, three times over that is on YouTube. It might even have a bit of zoom pan and scan on it. It was, I think it's a, yeah, bit, it, was, yeah. it was a rough watch. It was like watching the movie through a foggy, uh, shower door. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's very pixelated. It's not a movie that's been lovingly maintained. And I think it speaks volumes that the movie before this in the series and after this are both on YouTube in much better quality. Yeah, and the fact that this isn't on Disney Plus either. No. Whereas yeah. other more obscure stuff is, or maybe not more obscure, but stuff that I thought was on the same level. It's really strange. Disney Plus literally has stuff. I was telling Liam this the other day that still has like commercials embedded in it from when it aired on television. Like old seventies commercials are just fucking stuck in there. Like Disney Plus will put up all kinds of shit. They just rejected. They rejected this for some reason, and. It feels like we're doing an important service by bringing this up. Oh, yeah. Exclusive. This is a TMAO exclusive. The stuff that Disney doesn't want you to hear about. Yeah, we're, we're uh, you know, we're bringing the skeletons out of the closet. And we're making them do a funny dance for your amusement. Let's do it. So all three of them, all three of those skeletons. Yeah, there's a there's a story here for how we got to this point, which is uh, bring your cast your minds back two weeks to Tremors to Aftershocks, if you can remember, if time means anything anymore. And um, there's an actor in that movie. His name is Christopher Garton. And um, I was going through during the episode, looking at Wikipedia and stuff, just like making sure I had a few things on reference for uh, the actors that we have in the movie. And um, I was looking at his Wikipedia page while we were talking about this guy. And I was like, oh, wow, he was in Parent Trap 3. And Liam, you were very shocked to hear that. Oh, yeah, that's right. You know what, Corey? It was such an iconic moment. Why don't we, uh, why don't we play it back right Here, now? Here's a clip. Um, also, speaking of movies that we could cover on this show, uh, Christopher Garton plays Grady Hoover, and he's in Parent Trap 3. Holy shit, are you kidding? Does that exist? Yeah, it's a, it was a TV movie. Oh, dude, I'm writing that down right now. That <laughs> I've never heard of that. Wow. Yeah. And there's a clip. Okay, so that's that's how we stumbled across this movie. And immediately after that episode ended, we we couldn't help it. We needed to talk about it right away. So we tried to situate ourselves in in the parent trap canon. And that proved shockingly difficult. Yeah, yeah. No, it was super difficult. I thought that I had a good grasp on this franchise and I really do not. This was this was more surprising than something that uh, I would consider the most obscure before we got to this movie, which was Poison Ivy 2. And yeah. that felt obscure to me because it's a franchise I had never really heard of and a sequel that I'd heard 
even less of um, online or otherwise. But this movie, it really blindsided me because I thought I knew Parent Trap well. You know, you hear the title around Parent Trap, it's thing. And then when Corey mentioned that there's a third one, I didn't even know there was a second one. And so my mind was just absolutely blown that this movie existed. Yeah, and so it's also got like a weirdly long lineage, which I didn't realize. And we didn't know where Parent Trap 3 fit in this whole thing. It wasn't clear how the movies were connected. So you have The Parent Trap, the OG. That's from 1961. And it's uh, there's no Lindsay Lohan in sight. That didn't come until 1998. That's unrelated to the series of films we're currently talking about. Mm. See, that's where I went wrong. <laughs> that's I, where I had no idea. Yeah, well, and you'd think you're talking about Parent Trap, like especially for this show, like the Lindsay Lohan one's kind of the gimme. But it's like, no, we must dig deeper. And um, so we found Parent Trap Three, which is a sequel to the 1986 movie Parent Trap Two. And I know what you're thinking: How on earth? Are these movies related? And I'll tell you, um, only the Haley Mills, the the actress who plays the kids in the first movie, only she's back. So that character is back. She's playing the twins still, and um, they're adults, and she's trying to help Parent Trap once again. Um, I'll read the Wikipedia thing. The film focuses on Sharon's daughter, Nikki, who tries to hook her mother up with her best friend, Mary's father, played by Tom Skerritt. And then, you know, that sounds like a pretty cut and dry story. If they get married, there's only so many more parents you can trap before you run out of parents to trap. But then you get Parent Trap 3. And an important distinction here is that they've dropped the word the from the title. And, That's how you know that franchises are getting serious. Yeah. They've, they've, they're shedding their old skin. No baggage. They're cutting the shit. And then the only baggage they have is Haley Mills is back again, playing the same characters. Though, this movie came out a mere three years later, but in canon, she has divorced... One of the twins has divorced from somebody they were married to in the other movie. And we see both of those twins again here, intertwining in the life of our uh, dad, Jeffrey, and um, his triplet daughters, Lisa, Jesse, and Megan. And he did the big whoopsie uh-oh of getting engaged to a woman without telling his kids while they were away on summer vacation, which is maybe not a great thing to do to somebody. And so um, really quick, just to get it out of the way, the gist of this movie is the twin, the triplets rather um, eventually want to try to hook up one of the twins from the original movie with their dad. Cause Cassie sucks and is bad for their dad. They've decided. And then you're like, but there's a parent trap for somehow. And you're like, well, what the fuck could that possibly be? And that's the most direct sequel we get yet. Um, we get the same year, 1989, we get parent trap Hawaiian honeymoon still dropped the, the, and, um, it's the final made for TV one because this was made for just the NBC TV's, um, magical world of Disney. Parent Trap 3 actually played in two parts on TV. And um, yeah, so the Hawaiian Honeymoon movie is everybody comes back. Apparently both twins are remarried, which means both of them got divorced and then trapped, parent trapped, maybe? I don't know. But everyone's back and that movie is, I'm actually not going to talk about the plot because there's a really good quality version of it on YouTube and maybe we'll watch it. <laughs> but um, 
So what we couldn't figure out initially was it didn't seem like part two had any of the original cast. And then part three didn't seem to have anybody from part two except for that woman. So we didn't understand how any of these movies were connected literally at all. That's right. Yeah. And uh, I guess it, it sort of cleared things up for me when I learned that these are made for TV movies, two and three were made for TV. And uh, so that opens up a whole can of worms when it comes to what franchises we cover on, on, uh, on this show, because when we brought up Parent Trap 3, I thought that maybe it was a theatrical thing. And while I'm still surprised that I haven't heard of two or three, when, when or it gets four. to made for TV, yeah, or four, <laughs> <laughs> when, it, when it gets to made for TV movies, um, I, I'd say that there are quite a few franchises out there that you'd be surprised to know have continued on. Yeah. Um, what was the last in, made, in for, the made TV for TV life? Man, have we done? We've done one, right? I feel like we would have had to, but also it doesn't feel like we did. I guess Girl Meets World was just literal television, so that doesn't really count. Yeah, no different. Um, maybe we haven't. Maybe this is the first one. That's kind of impressive, honestly. It, it felt like the first one. I think it is. I'm yeah. scrolling, I'm scrolling. Uh, yeah, okay. So this is our first foray into made-for-TV movies, um, which is kind of a shock, honestly. And, um, you know... Uh, did did you have a? I mean, we were both so confused that I feel like the answer's got to be no. Did you have a big affinity for like the Parent Trap cinematic universe before this? <laughs> no, not the cinematic universe. Uh, but let me tell you something about traps, Corey. Specifically, Parent Traps. When it comes to the Parent Trap from 1998, yeah, Lohan, the remake. Yeah. Uh huh. Holy shit, dude! One of my most watched movies of all time. Motherfucker, is, we did it again. Is, <laughs> is How is Trap ninety eight? Are you fucking serious? Yeah, I swear. How many weeks in a row is this now? I don't know. Like, I'm gonna. I, I'll try I, to keep it going. I know we didn't watch that specific movie, but still, unprecedented. Yeah. Because I don't know yeah. if I've ever seen that. Yeah, and that's why I was so, also why I was so shocked at Parent Trap 3 was, I, I think I kind of knew that the Lindsay Lohan movie was a remake. I, I feel like I would have had to, um, especially because I, I seemingly got it confused with Freaky Friday. When Corey and I were talking about Parent Trap 3, I told Corey that, yeah, Parent Trap is a movie from like the 70s. Um, and it turns out it's actually from the 60s. And I said that the original Parent Trap had Jodie Foster, whereas it, it totally didn't. The original <laughs> Freaky Friday had Jodie Foster. So the same way I, I knew that Freaky Friday um, with Lindsay Lohan was a, a sort of remake, I guess I knew that Parent Trap was a remake, but um, I never I never checked out the remake, never even thought about it, and I absolutely did not know that the original had any sequels to it. But that Parent Trap movie from 1998, dude, I probably double-featured that with Leave it to Beaver, like more times than I could ever count. Specifically, <laughs> the first, specifically the first half hour of the movie, I have seen that. Wait, so why, why specifically that part? Times. Were you just like falling asleep as a child? Like, yeah, well, because when I was a kid, cute. I ha when I was a kid, I had a TV in my room and I had a VHS player in my room um, from as as young as I can remember, and so that's where I cut a lot of my movie watching teeth was watching stuff in my bedroom before bed and I shared a room with my brother. So we would always be watching movies together uh, as late into the night as we wanted. And parent trap was one of the movies we owned. And yeah, I've, I've honestly, I've probably only seen the entirety of the movie. I bet I only made it three or four times, but 
You've the seen first pieces 30 minutes. of it like a billion times. I've seen specifically like the first 30 minutes because there's a very clear, um, there's a very clear like act change in the first Parent Trap movie. And so um, remake, I was probably... Let's be clear. Yeah. We, and can't, so get I was this, pro- we can't get this muddled. We'll be here all night. Yeah. Um, and so I was probably falling asleep like at roughly different points every time, half hour here, an hour there, 45 minutes there. But because the first half hour or so of that Parent Trap movie is very distinct, and that distinction is that Lindsay Lohan um, meets a girl at her summer camp who looks exactly like her and they have a rivalry and then they learn that of course they're twins they're like oh shit um and then they go to their uh respective parents house and try to figure out how to get their estranged new now in new coupled parents together so they can be sisters um they leave the camp about half an hour in and that's when the titular parents come into the movie and some trapping happens i didn't really care about that <laughs> this, stuff all this that is much. how this is how you got into summer camp movies yeah yeah dude kid <laughs> movies summer camp movies probably coming yeah, of I age really, movies this is this yeah. is the this is the point yeah because which once, all of that expanded we found it yeah because <laughs> once once they once they get home and they're talking to the parents and there are adults in the movie i didn't really give much of a shit but the first half hour is so sick dude i had the biggest crush on Lindsay lohan um, <laughs> and it was just a huge huge part of my life is is that first 30 minutes of the parent trap movie and so i did know what the premise of parent trap is that there there's a twin there's twin sisters and they are yeah <laughs> maybe and more. they're trying and they're trying to get their parents back together um but uh, you know that feels like a very contained movie as well the remake Lindsay lohan didn't have any sequels to it and so i i couldn't really fathom of a way that there would be a second parent trap because the trap has been completed and so i guess that's why uh, they I, waited 25 years <laughs> Yeah, to bring it in for TV too. Like I bet yeah. they probably just ran into some twins. Um, it's the or same I guess, twins. Well, I guess, well, I guess the tw- there's new twin kids. Yeah, and, and then I yeah. guess they found triplets, and they're like, "Well, three's a bigger number than two for sure." Yeah, we just got to do it. Like it's just it's <laughs> one of those property names that is just like people associate Parent Trap with twins. It's so it's not enough of a property name that they weren't worried about altering it by taking the the out. Yeah, that's true. Eh? <laughs> and so. Um, so you weren't that interested in the in the parent trapping part of the parent trap movie, which sort of maybe answers my question before I ask it, which is, did you ever attempt to do some kind of parent trap-esque shenanigans to your real living human parents? And I don't um, mean like they were, I don't mean that they were like divorced and you had to lock them in a garage and light a bunch of candles or anything, but it's like, did you ever try to do a quote unquote parent trap? Did I? Um, you're right. My parents aren't divorced, so that sort of put an ixnay on any great plans I had. Uh, <laughs> uh, what did I do? I put I put ketchup packets under my dad's toilet seat. Oh my one time. god! Did you actually fucking do that? You live in the dream. Yeah, I, I read about it in a Captain Underpants book, and I was like, this is going to be rad. So I put the ketchup packets under my parents' toilet, because uh, <laughs> in this house, the, they had one of those, uh, one of those, I guess, you know, walk-in bathrooms that's connected to the bedroom, so yeah, this like wasn't going to... Yeah, suite bathroom. Yeah, that's right. So my brother wasn't going wasn't gonna to hit it up. It was going to be <laughs> one of them. 
And also my brother was probably in on it. I don't think he encouraged me. This was all my doing from Captain Underpants, but he was probably just like, yeah, go ahead, dude. I don't give a shit. I'm MSNing people. And so <laughs> I, put, I put ketchup packets under my dad's toilet seat and man, I, it did not go over well. Not at all. So I remember. Did it work? Absolutely. So he just, he just didn't, he didn't enjoy it. Is what you're saying. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember hearing a yelp from the bathroom and uh, I didn't go investigate because I knew exactly what it was. And I'm glad that's what it was. Cause if it wasn't that, and my dad was yelping about something else and I didn't go help him, that's kind of messed up. So luckily it was just the ketchup packets that was making him yelp. And uh, I just remember my mom talking to me after because she went to go run to see what the what the problem was and and she said that my dad did not appreciate the ketchup packet trick did you try anything like that in the future was that kind of a one-off did you ever do the saran wrap thing or put a bucket full of marbles on top of a door frame or something you know what um i did the saran wrap thing many years later oh my god you what why what i didn't know i was co-hosting a podcast with a toilet fiend (laughs) <laughs> Why are you asking if you're not prepared for the answers? <laughs> I wasn't expecting it to necessarily be yes. It doesn't make for a better podcast when it is. Oh, it does for sure. All right. So listen, uh, the saran wrap thing was far less malicious and a, a bit more self-aware. I would say this was probably sixth grade or so. So this would this would put me five or six years after the ketchup packet incident. And it would be about 2007. And my dad and I were in a, a prank war together. So in this <laughs> case, and it wasn't just for my side. It was like kind of like a, a playful thing. It was mutual. Yeah, it, was, it was very much mutual. And so I did it. And uh, he did not fall for it. I, I remember that he caught it and he wasn't upset. He might have been, he very well might have been upset had he not caught it. I think. <laughs> but he caught it and everything was okay. Um and there's still remnants of that prank war at my house right now because my family had the same fridge all my life. Um, I think they only got a new fridge as recently as 2018, but they didn't get rid of the old fridge. They took the fridge out of the kitchen and they just put it in a rec room and my dad uses it to like store beer and extra stuff. Hell yeah. And on and on that like really faded yellow, just like grimy fridge from the 80s, there is a strip a single long strip of ripped up scotch tape. Okay. And the reason that's there is because I thought it would be genius if I put tape on the fridge and then wrote on the tape so that it looked, of course, scotch tape is see-through. So if I write on the tape, it's going to look like I wrote on the white fridge. And it absolutely did not work. Uh, the, the marker faded immediately from the tape it didn't stick and also it didn't look like i was writing on the fridge it just looked like there was tape on the fridge Uh, (laughs) what a hilarious prank and so i tried to pull the tape off to like just put my tail between my legs and accept defeat and i stuck the tape on so well that i was only able to rip off little scraps and so for the last 10 years or something uh there's been some ripped up tape on my on my family fridge. It's just know, getting like yellower by the day. You like sticking stuff on stuff though. You've annihilated cupboards with Apple stickers. That's right. I like to leave a mark wherever I go. I think that's that's a fair statement for sure. Um, speaking of leaving a mark, which this movie has done on my brain permanently, do you want to talk about Parent Trap Three? Yeah, yeah, man. Because I don't have any fun Parent Trap antics to really follow up with. 
So and uh, and you didn't know anything about Parent Trap, correct? Uh, no. Yeah, I was pretty. I was flying blind as as is tradition. I think. Cool. So we yeah we've got we've got a few we've got a family. We've got Jeffrey, who for a lot of the movie I in my head was named Jerry, and I was excited because in Cube Two we had a Jerry, and I was like, oh my god, back to back Jerry's, what a gift! And then it was Jeffrey because I'm an idiot, but and he's got three. Oh, I'm just noticing here that it says that uh they're he's widowed. I, it wasn't immediately clear to me if it was a widow or a divorce, but I guess he's widowed. Um, and he's got triplet daughters, Lisa, Jesse, and Megan, who he picks up from the airport. One of them was Lisa was in Paris, and I guess the other two were doing something else. And um, he didn't tell them that he got engaged over the summer, and that the woman that he's engaged to was gonna like completely fuck up their whole house. Um. Man. And sounds like the parent was doing the trapping in this one. Oh, that is a, a trap. What a twist. Disney, you've outdone yourselves yet again. <laughs> but so what happens is so the main focus early on is is more about like just sort of goofy family antics. Like we've got one of the girls, Lisa, who's like in it with the bad boy that she met in Paris, whose name is Hawk, whose name is literally Hawk. And he like drives a motorcycle and is a and is a hip dude who's pretty hardcore and the dad just doesn't get it. Yeah. And, I like talk. Yeah, I like talk. Hawk is an interesting inclusion. It's, it's like, it's not reinventing the wheel, but I'm into Hawk. Hawk can hang if he wants. And then we've got a, uh, you've got Jess. That's right. Hawk does hang. He, he hangs and he chills, doesn't he? That's all he does. Yeah. How long are you going to be in, uh, in the city for Jeffrey says to him and he's like, I don't know a while. I think I'll just, uh, move to the Bay and chill out. Yeah. He's just, just hang. he's here to hang and chill. That's all he does. Um, and so we've got Jess, who is like the the like goody two shoes kind of one, is the loose impression you get. She ends up spending some time with David, who is actually Lisa's boyfriend, but we'll figure it out. And um, there's triplet Damn. disguise antics, as is tradition. And um, there's Megan, who is given the least to do, and um, is just sort of another character, like. She she doesn't really feel like a super clear archetype to me because I think she's got the least narratively kind of hanging on her. But um, which which is a real bummer, and which is why I'd be interested to check out the Hawaii movie yeah. to wonder if they expand. Because if you're gonna have triplets and that's your big thing, use in all the three movie of them to differentiate. Absolutely, use all three of them. Like, it's it's re- really a shame. She reads like an art book at one point, but then Lisa goes to like an art gallery and is like, "Well, two of them like art, so that's not a new thing." Yeah, and and I realized that all three people might not be special. Like, I looked up the actresses um, afterwards. One of them doesn't have a Wikipedia page. One of them was on Saved by the Bell, so, like, she's raking it Oh, wait, oh, my God. I haven't haven't read the cast of this movie yet. We got into this way too early. I have all this information. Let me share that Do you want to do it? Yeah, it's my responsibility as host. Um, Directed by Molly Miller, who did Parent Trap Hawaiian Honeymoon. Uh perfect screenplay is by jill donner the story is by deborah amelon and jill donner edited by howard coonan and Dwayne hartzell cinematography by isidore manovsky who also did ewoks the battle for endor and a movie called quarterback princess which sounds fucking tight as hell and um the music is by joel mcneely who will certainly hear more from at some point because he also did stuff like mulan 2 cinderella 3 the young indiana jones chronicles and holes. Holy shit. Dude, I feel like you just parent trap three'd me three times in a row. <laughs> oh, and, and I, I, I kept off a lot of stuff. 
And then you capped it off by just like also casually dropping that he did the best movie of all time. Yeah. As well. And so, and so real quick, let me hit the cast. Cause we'll talk about the girls and we can get the names out of the way. So we've got Haley Mills, who is the twins. She's Susan and Sharon. And then Barry Bostwick is Jeffrey, the dad, Patricia Richardson is Cassie, who is the, the mean new wife. And then we have Leanna, Monica and Joy Creel, who are Lisa, Jesse and Megan Wyatt, respectively. I find it interesting that Monica Creel plays Jesse and Joy Creel plays Megan, whereas you'd think you'd make the J name and the M name stay the same because the L name stayed the same and then they'll have an easier time recalling their character name because it's similar to their first name. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, Ray Baker is Nick. Loretta Devine is Thelma. I don't even know who Thelma is. Uh, John Pennell is Hawk. And then our boy Chris Garten is David. Cannot believe I just completely forgot to do that, but here we go. You were saying... What was I saying? I was saying that yeah, one of the one of the women, the triplets, I don't remember which one, of course, um, is on was on Saved by the Bell, so she's killing it. Another one yeah, has a big get. Another one has uh, done some parts in various things, and mo- most recently was on Agents of Shield, so she's still doing stuff. Um, not Saved by the Bell stuff, but she's doing stuff. And then the other <laughs> she, triplet, she got her foot was, in the door of the MCU. And the other triplet. Uh, very well might even be Megan if it is that would be hilarious doesn't even have a Wikipedia page so when it comes to triplets and siblings I mean we've talked about celebrity siblings on the show yeah that's the one who doesn't have a Wikipedia page that's so funny so maybe dude maybe she was no I shouldn't what what were you gonna fucking say Liam (laughs) what mean (laughs) thing were you gonna say to Joey Creel what mean shit were you gonna say maybe she was just like mad hard to work with and so they just like (laughs) wouldn't cast her We recast one of the triplets as one of the other triplets, and they're just going to play two roles. Yeah, yeah, dude. She wasn't even in the movie, actually. That's why she doesn't have a movie. <laughs> they just had to pretend it's triplets. She doesn't even exist. Bro. I mean, they did They did enough of that when they made Jesse dress up as Lisa and go to the party and do a bad job dancing. That's right. Yeah, so... Well, my, my point is just that uh, it, it makes sense that when it comes to siblings and especially triplets, someone's going to be left to the wayside. But when it comes to a created work in which you've decided to put triplets in it, they should all have an equal focus. But, you know, then again, Camp Rock and Camp Rock 2 with those Jonas Brothers, all three Jonas Brothers didn't get the same They're not triplets, so That's a little different because no one's ever cared about Kevin Jonas. Dude, I know people that would disagree with you. (laughs) Really? Yeah, I don't agree with them, but I know people <laughs> that would disagree. This is an anti-Kevin Jonas podcast. Sorry, bud. It's it's just a super pro Nick and Joe Jonas They're podcast. They're the more famous ones. It's only fair. Yeah. But yeah, I think that I think that all makes sense. Yeah, I would have liked to just see more out of that. And then um, <laughs> I love that wait, wait, wait. I love that Joe and Nick are more famous, so we have to care about them more, and we care about them more because they're more famous. Yeah, it's perfectly <laughs> circular logic could roll that logic down a hill love it um but yeah so we spent a lot of the first hour of this 85 minute movie um not directly dealing with uh the parent trapping um it's sort of setting up this relationship the the dad and susan or sharon whatever i'm gonna go with i think it's susan um have an interaction in like a thrift store or like a vintage shop early on 
that's sort of some foreshadowing because he's like, I want to buy this music box as a wedding gift, you bitch. How did you beat me to it? He's being like really aggro about it. And um, then, you know, it turns out that he's or she's the designer for the house. And then they sort of start having a more tight relationship and then the girls are like yeah she's way better than this dumb cassie lady who is bad at dealing with kids and cares about nothing but money um and like being important so what if we just ruined cassie's whole shit uh by parent trapping but we spent a lot of the early time sort of establishing the dynamic with the girls and the dad and dealing with lisa sort of wanting to have this bad boy boyfriend hawk and not wanting to break the news to david her current boyfriend and sort of working through like the awkward interactions and like trying to confront things. There's literally a quote that's just Jeffrey. You have to learn how to confront things um, because people aren't being direct with one another. So it's, it's some real typical made for TV family movie, trying to teach you a lesson via antics kind of situation. And yeah, then yeah. by the wedding, they do the parent trap and then Susan and the dad end up together and the girls are happy. The end. <laughs> There's not a lot to cover. Yeah, no, really, really, there is not. It's uh, it's sort of um, the reverse Lindsay Lohan parent trap in that there's so much time spent not trying to do the parent trap. I mean, there's still the parents have a pretty significant part in this. Um, yeah. Well, Jeffrey and uh, Susan. and um, and Susan, but uh, there's still it's it's almost like um. Like they just they knew that they had to like technically have a full on parent trap in the movie, so like yeah, they saved it for the very end and just slipped it on in there, kind of like a like an ender in a skateboard video. But before that, it's just kind of <laughs> dicking around. Dude, can you believe that Jeffrey and Susan tray flipped El Toro? Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Together as they got on married, the same skateboard. So, so it was romantic. four feet. It was nuts. Anyway. Um, so I guess, you know, kind of a weird structure going on here, but like, let's just get, let's get to the, there's really not a whole lot else to describe other than getting into the nitty gritty of certain scenes that maybe we liked or didn't. So let's just kind of go for the, let's go to you first. You're the parent trap aficionado. Uh, we didn't really know. We, we were worried initially that we swung a little bit too obscure and that like we were going to get a bit of a monkey's paw situation where the finger curls and we don't know what to do with this movie. And I don't know if that's precisely what happened, but, uh, How'd you feel about it? How'd you feel about the third parent trap? Oh man, I didn't really like it. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm, uh <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that you feel we didn't get monkeys pod, but uh, I, I just I, I didn't, I didn't say anything. I haven't said anything. Uh, well, sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no man, I I didn't really like this movie. Um, like shit i don't i don't have stuff to say like i did with uh cube like I, i'm not gonna say that this is a disgrace to the parent trap franchise or anything <laughs> like that um it's but it's just it just it's just like a, a tv movie it's what and, it is yeah it's, it's exactly what it is you know it blacks out for commercial breaks at uh um the right moments for commercial breaks so you can learn <laughs> right about tide for commercial breaks yeah it, it doesn't matter the narrative doesn't really matter at all we just need to make time for tide uh <laughs> the comedy is super cheesy it's like yo the dude from rocky horror just fell in that bathroom that was so wacky um <laughs> the the acting is like uh it's just it, they're they're just it's like my elementary school plays like you just gotta wow. do what you gotta do do your best um that's not too much of a slight. I put my all into my elementary school plays. I love these are doing these it. are adults, Liam. 
Well, you know what? They're adults <laughs> in Parent Trap 3. I mean, what can I say? <laughs> Fair enough. Um, okay. So... Yeah, and it's it's just like I didn't I didn't abhor it, and I like the triplets. I think they are charming. Yeah, um, and I liked I liked the the teenage stuff because that's that's the stuff I dig. I mean, I like talk. There was some cute dating scenes with some cute dialogue. I like that um, Lisa's but, panic response is just throwing food all over him and then asking him to go get stuff to clean up. Yeah, that was good. That was good. <laughs> so yeah, like I I smiled um, a couple times. Uh, it's charming. Uh, very occasionally but it's just it's something that i absolutely like didn't need to watch i will absolutely forget it again um like this is this is i think forgettable um basically as forgettable as we could get on this show for me um because this movie is so obscure just like in concept it's it's it didn't prove itself to be anything other than that to me and i'll forget about it really quick but what um, about the truck stop fight? Yeah, it's it's just it don't it don't <laughs> stick with me, man. It don't no, matter. It, it 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 didn't matter. And there's then, some fun antics then, in the truck stop fight. There's some fun antics th- peppered throughout the movie, the same way that like watching Girl Meets World, a show that we both didn't really dig, that was for kids. You like occasionally get stuff you like, but on the whole, it's just like the craft isn't what I want because it's not it's not made to be crafty um and i mean it's literally a clever trap it's the definition of crafty (laughs) yeah but then they save (laughs) that until the very end because they know they weren't clever enough to extend it throughout a whole movie um and you know it's just like there's occasionally funny stuff because you watch so many episodes of like a sitcom occasionally you're gonna smile and so this very much feels like that where it's like uh, occasionally something was okay but on the whole it, it, it is very much a tv movie and uh, it, it it didn't really jam with me man yeah i mean i think um regardless of whatever i'm about to say i don't know how much time we can realistically spend going through the beats of the movie you know what i mean <laughs> like yeah no, because definitely. it's one of those things where it's like you kind of already know what they are so you're not going to get much from us breaking it down like bit by bit unless there's stuff that we thought was like particularly standout or funny um i will say that i agree with a lot of what you just said um i think i just liked it a bit more like i think i just had more fun a time but like um and i don't know if i'd say it's like outrageously forgettable i don't know if it's any more or less forgettable than like several things we've watched on this show namely um, we forget every single week that we watch Toy Story four on this show. Literally every week, yeah, we and, forget that. And and that that's a worse movie to me because it's going for something so big and it doesn't right. get there. You Whereas, know? but I'm Parent still gonna Trap, forget both of them. Parent Trap three is pretty precisely a made for TV family movie with some wholesomeness and some like family antics and like growing pains and lessons. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, but, absolutely. but within there, I do think there's some funny, there's some funny lines. There's some funny moments. I do think the dynamic with the triplets is really strong. Even though if one of them's kind of comparatively underdeveloped, I think they feel like real siblings. They talk like real siblings. They have a vibe to me, like real siblings. I guess that's because they are. So, you know, it's kind of easy to get that when <laughs> that it's, was, when it's already was, real. That was smart casting, casting the triplets as sisters. The triplets, that was yeah, good. that was a good move. 
And um, I, I do like them together. I think like the, you know, the trading places is a, is a classic bit. Of course they were going to do that. Um, I think they've got good banter with one another and with their dad. Um, there's a few, there's a few funny lines, which is like, I have to be honest. I have major problems with clams, the size of 57 Buicks in my living room. That made me laugh. David, there's something I got to tell you. I like you, but I love art. And then David asks who art is, which is cute. That's good. Yeah, Yeah. that's good. Um, I do have, uh, I would tell them over the soup at the very latest when he still has not told them about the fucking new wife. Um, and uh, there's just the bit where, um, he complains about getting spotted in the bathroom after showering because the wall got literally ripped out of the hallway. And he's like, I don't want to be spied on while showering. And I'm just like, Jeffrey, you just need to not shower when your house is being actively annihilated by a construction crew. (laughs) Um, but I mean, yeah, like there's fun bits like the, uh, Oh no, David is here. I have to throw food all over Hawk to get him to go get things. Like the, the, the truck stop fight, there's some enjoyable stuff in it for me. Um, aesthetically we're in my sweet spot as my letterbox of your view attests to like the interior design, what you can make of it in this terrible stream is like really outrageously eighties. And like the girl's fashion is all really like vibrant and fun and having a good time. Lots of, lots of polka dots, huh? Lots of polka dots and like big shoulder pads and shit. Um, even Cassie's outfits kind of get into like just the really bold patterns and weird shoulders and all that, all the just absolutely fantastic stuff. Um, and, uh, but yeah, a lot of it is sort of the rest of it's just kind of like Jeffrey and Susan kind of get to know each other and then come the wedding day, suddenly they've devised a plan to get them together and they just sort of dump their souls to each other when literally boarded into a garage after some planning And, um, yeah, I mean, there's, I don't know if Cassie is a bad enough person to like do this mean a thing to them, but, um, you know, and you know, they do have a point that maybe Jeffrey the day before he gets married, shouldn't be having second thoughts and thinking about a completely different woman. Maybe you should try to keep your eye on the ball and maybe not have let it get all the way to the wedding day before saying anything. You have to learn how to confront your problems, Jeffrey. This isn't hard. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's like, I don't know. I, I had like a moderate amount of fun watching it. So I wish I had more to say, but I don't. Yeah, dude, I sort of, I sort of feel like despite us feeling differently about the movie a day after watching it and having felt differently while watching the movie for that hour and a half, I think my my guess is that like this movie is going to kind of end up in the same spot for both of us. Yeah. you're like you're gonna be able to recall that you liked it more because yeah. like we've talked about it and explored it, but it's still gonna fade away because the good stuff isn't that good, and so it's not good I'm enough go- to retain. Like yeah, because yeah. there's 800 other things that are just kind of this. Yes, like Girl Meets World is basically this. Like Absolutely. the formula, like the formula is not that different. Like the, it is what it is, and I don't dis. I don't begrudge it that. And it, I think it does a, a good job of being that, but also that's just what it is. That's it. You're getting what you paid for. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think the casting is a high point and the aesthetics are fun and there's some good antics, but this is a made for TV family movie in the parent trap franchise that doesn't really want to trap parents that much and just sort of wants to have like family goofs. Yeah. It's, it was a good decision 
by the filmmakers to make this movie in the 80s because oh, yeah. at least it carries that charm right yeah yeah if, <laughs> like this, if, if they... this came out like in 2012 yeah oof. and like same same script too and like and somehow like same performances you know what i mean like it's still it just it would already lose a couple points and honestly if i watched this in a higher quality i also would have enjoyed it less because <laughs> the vhs charm is like big for me and so i really liked yeah the vhs combined with the old fashion i thought that was super cute too and that at least like kept me thinking and entertained throughout the movie just thinking like man there was a time 10 years before i was born where like she was actually walking down those stairs in that dress and like that was as far ahead as the world had gotten in history yeah. you know like my i, I like sure. thinking about that stuff so that was cool <laughs> yeah um yeah i i this it does feel like a bit of a monkey's paw situation um i don't i don't think it's not as dramatic as we feared but um it is one of those things where uh, we wanted obscure and we got it, but in doing so, you you learn why certain things are obscure. Yeah, in sometimes. this case, it's because it's passable family entertainment. But sometimes things are obscure just because they haven't found the audience to recognize like the masterpiece within it. I don't think that's what we're dealing with here. <laughs> exactly there's a couple yeah, funny I, lines like cassie being like what a day the dow jones was down 30 points yeah <laughs> wow we whoa and it's like okay but and again besides the outwardly comedic stuff i really liked the some of the just interactions between the triplets and the yeah. dates like I, I found hawk super funny when he was and hawk's like a weirdly that. emotionally intelligent guy <laughs> yes yeah, like, yeah, look, yeah man sometimes people are just right for each other in the moment and then they're not anymore and that's okay and like you know i'm just gonna go do this and if you want to come cool and if you don't say la vie bro get it paris like, yeah yeah that was that was really good i like talk i liked the triplets they definitely do have that chemistry um yeah they're which they're is great they, i like i would have liked to see those three in a different movie <laughs> Yeah, dude. A if, movie if that they, gives them a bit more. If if they had been born like ten years later, five years later, um, I think they would have been like the Olsen twins, the Olsen triplets. Oh yeah, like, I, think I think they could. I, think, world, I totally. It would, think it would that. just be a different timeline. I think yeah, they could have pulled it off for sure. No disrespect to Elizabeth Olsen, who was the third Olsen. That's right. We need to do. <laughs> they made another one just on <laughs> Elizabeth Olsen filmography. We 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 get some good movies, man. Oh my god. <laughs> that's so funny but yeah so um i liked a lot of the the smaller lines the dinner table with hawk talking to the dad um and the dad is just like realizing that he doesn't want hawk hanging out with his kid but also hawk wasn't like a caricature of like a, a bad dude that's that shouldn't be dating girls he was just like kind of like a listless 20 year old which is just funny um and uh when we have um jesse on the date and and she's just like just being super super verbose and and can't stop talking and 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 telling her date what 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 he's supposed to do and she says um she says uh you have to talk i mean i mean i have to listen but you you have to say more and it's just <laughs> like that's it's, it's cute and there's there's definitely cute stuff in this movie um and so i can't knock it a whole lot but i also i can't 
it's just not for me. You know what I mean? And if I had caught this on TV at the time, I would be like, that's, that was, that was an okay way to spend an hour and a half because that's, that's really how I feel right now. It's just, we pick one movie a week to do for these and we watch it. And then we hope that we've got a whole lot to say after to make a wicked podcast. And so if I had just caught this on TV because cable still exists, then that would be one thing. But because it's, it's a, it's like an event to sit down and watch this movie for the podcast and figure out what we're going to do about it. Uh, there just isn't a whole lot of meat on the bone for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's, it's not something that's necessarily spotlightable. That's right. And, and maybe, you know, maybe that is spotlightable all on itself. We're going <laughs> to be doing this podcast for a long time. And so again, we're becoming scholars on, uh, the sequel and reboot and remake life. And so we, we got to get a few, a few of these under our belt, man. This will keep happening, and we have to be prepared for that. Yeah, we got to risk it. We did it with Poison Ivy, too. Um, what was our biggest payoff, do you think? Like, our, our biggest gamble. Our biggest and gamble it, per payoff? Oh, man. Because Carry 2 is obviously huge, but I think we've gambled harder than that. Carry 2 is up there for sure. Have we gambled harder than that in one? That's that's see that's a that's the question, isn't it? I don't, that's a good I don't know if we have, honestly. Um how much of a gamble uh, was Texas Chainsaw the next generation? Was that a gamble or did we kind of know that was gonna be good? No, actually, I would call that a really big gamble. Um for me at least. It's it's not super obscure and it has but it has a reputation of being bad. And so the fact that we both came away feeling so strongly positively about it and the fact that i went in thinking i wasn't really gonna like it again and i loved it so much i mean i'd say that's that's a big payoff another one would be um i just had it up here oh for me dude air bud seventh inning fetch i thought that that was gonna be a this where it's just a kid's kind of tv-ish movie and i don't feel strongly about it but i really really loved watching that movie and i talked about it on the episode that i thought the characters Oh, you were know so what? charming. Then the story was charming. I thought the heart was there. So that was a big one for me. Yeah. I think 2010 was maybe a bit of a gamble as well. That's true. Because, yeah, while that's a, a big sequel and isn't as obscure as this movie we're talking about, or this movie that we finished talking about. This no. movie that we didn't have a lot to say about overall. <laughs> uh, yeah. Last that thing one, I have on Parent one. Trap 3, some of the songs are good. One of them in particular kind of annoyed me, but a few of them are very good. That's that's totally fair. Um, but my notes about the music, we might as well talk about Parent Trap 3 for another second. <laughs> I, I noted I noted the music in this movie, or at least that's the never good because I feel like you don't like there isn't very much. There's like three songs. And, yeah. And I thought it was so weird. Maybe that's just a budgetary thing where they can only afford so many pieces of music because there were so many moments in this movie where I was like, the lack of music right now is really giving me the creeps. Like in the opening yeah sequence. oh i i also thought that i know yeah Dude, I, me too yeah I, I don't even know if i would call it like a a sequence like i guess it has to be but i mean it is but this movie <laughs> but this movie just pushes you right into it like barely any titles uh it doesn't seem like it was like storyboarded as this is the opening it just feels like you're dropped into this fucking movie and there's no music at all it's kind of like how Corey and i took a radio class together in university and they teach you <laughs> that you got fade in at the beginning of every single clip even if it's not noticeable you got to put it in there because an ear might catch on to it. You don't want something to just start 
And this movie just feels like it just started. And that music really would have helped it feel like it's fading in. There was no music there. And then there was also a scene where Jesse was talking on the phone at her house. And again, I, I just thought, where the fuck is the music in this movie? Like, this girl is talking on the phone right now. Yeah. And I don't know why there would be music there's playing. Some, there's some know. diegetic, like, radio music. In that scene? In the movie. Just like there, oh, like there okay. are moments where they're just like in their room hanging out and there's just like a radio playing. Right, yeah. Um, but in this scene in particular, I don't know what it was that felt so empty and I don't know if why there would be music playing. She's talking on the phone. It's not an action scene. Um, and also, I don't know if other movies like have music when people are talking on the phone. I don't know what the trick is because I'm not a filmmaker, but for some reason, the lack of music in that scene it was just like really freaking me out it felt so empty and like unfinished and voyeuristic it was really strange um and so that's what i noted about the music yeah I, there was just a couple of songs that i think just have an aesthetic that i enjoy similar to i don't know just some cheesy 80s shit like whatever yeah fair enough elfa showed yeah that's all i really need <laughs> yeah uh... I guess that's Parent Trap 3, huh? I guess, I guess yeah, that's I guess kind of had it. to be. Because, like, we could, again, we could go talk about, like, specific moments, but, like, for who? You know? For who? Who are we doing that for? I think I think we've done the most we can for any any Parent Trap fan. If there's anyone who was in the movie that's listening to this, this is the best we can do, man. This is it. <laughs> we did our this best. This is our attempt at... Like, if we wanted to start a Parent Trap 3 fan cast, I genuinely think this is as far as we could get. Like, we could try to do the scene-by-scene <laughs> scene breakdown. I think it would collapse really soon. I, I, yeah. I think this is as good as it gets. I think we should get at... We may as well get out while the getting's good. Yeah, dude. The lack of music in this podcast is creeping me the fuck out. <laughs> it's not October yet. It's too early for the spooks. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's that's us doing our best on Parent Trap 3. And thank you all once again for listening to another episode of They Made Another One. You can find us all over the internet on Twitter at They Made Another, all one word, and on Letterboxd at TMAO. You can find episodes on Anchor, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Breaker, and everything else as They Made Another One. You can reach us via email at tmaopodcast at gmail.com with recommendations for future episodes, questions, comments, and your favorite triplet in Parent Trap 3. Our fantastic thumbnail art is done by Jade Dickinson, who you can find on Instagram at Jade Sketches. And custom-made soundboard clips that you will be hearing again soon are courtesy of Jason DeLine, who you can find on Instagram at DeLineMan. Liam, where can people find you? You guys can find my film writing alter ego, Graham the Haunted Marshmallow, on Twitter and Letterboxd. My user name <laughs> is Graham the Mallow. Your user name is... That's fun. I like that. We should do that all the time. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Corey Price and on Letterboxd at Mr. Corey Price as well. And uh, with all that out of the way, thanks again for listening. We will catch you here next time for more. They made another one?